So how, on God's gray earth, did this... And this... And even this... Become this. Detours and Outliers, that one podcast. <laughs> I thought I'd do it really fast. Hey there, you're listening to Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album in an artist's discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. It may be their best album or it may be their worst album. But either way, it's that one album where they were so convinced they were. Yeah. <laughs> It's the one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. <sighs> this week on the panel, we have... Logan Reynard, Matthew Marr. My name is Scott Livingston. Just a reminder, we're on Stitcher and Google and Apple and blah, blah, blah. Subscribe, rate, review, give us 12 and a half stars. We will come to your house and make kissy faces. This week we have a special guest in the studio, um, director of John Bonet's Tricycle, an artist in the Viva Casa Bonita experience, um, co-host of the Banger and Andrew podcast, and member of several bands, including Get Your Going and the Warlike Pinchers. It's uh, Andrew Novick. Say hi. Hey, thanks for having me. This is exciting. It is. This will be interesting. The um, album you picked out for me uh us i had never heard of before and um ah, that's how obscure it, it was so quickly yeah it was it was it, this i guess the question is what were slayer thinking yeah so this so this is the undisputed attitude uh album by slayer and slayer is by far i mean it's one of my favorite bands of all time so yeah. i take it very seriously you know what what they're putting out and um i i like them so much but not so much that they can do no wrong <laughs> that's <laughs> so a that, healthy attitude and and so um because you know some people th th you know what they grow to like or they like just by default you know their favorite artists but i found this album was just so like uh, like un it's, uninteresting really it's, yeah there is some some attitude to 
to dispute here. Um, so yes, Undisputed Attitude. This was the album that came out in what ninety six, May of ninety six, and it is um almost entirely covers. Although some of the covers are like of other members' side projects, so I don't know how much that counts as a cover, but... Yeah, it's weird. I guess, I mean, Kerry King said this was their answer to, uh, you know, bands like Green Day, right? That yeah. they were like, you know, punk rock is, has gone to shit or whatever. So, like, we're going to show you, like, some of the originals and... Somehow they couldn't really even come up with a full album's worth. So that was kind of weird. And then the choices that they made, too. Um, you're referring to uh, Jeff Hanneman's kind of side project, Pap Smear, which yeah. I never, I had never heard of that. It never seemed like it went anywhere. I don't think they ever got recorded or signed. I had to, like, find demos on YouTube to hear the originals. It's Do yeah. we know, is it a side project, or was it something he did before or early on in Slayer? It was, Slayer? like, 84, 85. So, I mean, at the point, you know, Slayer yeah, was so a... so I was thinking maybe it was, like... It's like the Beatles covering the Quarrymen or something. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of like, it was like a, you know, he... It, I, I, got, I was under the impression that he had a hardcore punk band yeah. that never got recorded, so why not... Um, Use some of the songs for this. Right, right, yeah. But, yeah, and he had he had these songs, and it was with one guy from Suicidal Tendencies, and I think what, it Rocky. was Dave Lombardo, too, right? Yeah, Dave was on here, who is the original drummer, this but not the drummer. This album would kick ass if Lombardo was on it. That's, like, all I kept thinking. <laughs> would have been better, at least. The first couple though. of tunes... Uh, you know, I was like, oh, the drums are rad. There's Lombardo doing his punk thing. And it's just, it's like, oh, not him. And then I kind of, I don't know if it was just all in my head. Or I don't think it is. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Lombardo is really kind of tied to a lot of punk tradition. I mean, if, if you just listen to him playing with Suicidal recently, you realize just how much of a handle he has on some of this material. And so him being absent was maybe not the best thing for this yeah <laughs> but then also i mean my i probably my maybe my biggest beef is really the choice of songs yeah too. yeah like i mean verbal abuse and um di dri yeah, dri <laughs> uh like i mean and you know i come from punk rock roots but maybe not maybe just not this genre hardcore I, yeah this is more i don't know if any andrew if you want to give a quick summation of Sort of the difference between hardcore punk and hardcore as a separate thing. They are fans of both would uh, likely beat the shit out of one another in a not so yeah. friendly way. They're, it's a different musical subgenre, and this is definitely in the hardcore side of things. Right, and you know, then these hardcore bands. I mean, I, I guess I came I came out of maybe more like. Uh, you know, The Clash was probably one of the first records I bought, um, which was, you know, maybe punk, but also very diverse. So yeah, it wasn't so uh, rigidly, you know, and I never listened to Minor Threats. I, li I listened to D.I. some. Um, but, yeah, I came out of more like the maybe goth punk, some like 45 Grave and, uh, you know, like I got... A little slower, a little moodier. Yeah, a little moodier. Well, a also little... weirder. I yeah, mean, weirder. hardcore kind of creeps towards this like jocks who want a soundtrack for beating people up kind of territory. And I, I love plenty of hardcore music and lots of hardcore bands, but there is, especially early on, a very 
kind of macho scene associated with it. Um, and the music gets a lot less interesting than earlier punk rock or early even American kind of hardcore punk rock, which was basically where you went when you were too weird to fit in anywhere else and you were young and angry and your songs were kind of fast. That sort of covers like American punk rock and hardcore is pretty defined. Right. And straight edge even too. Right? Yeah. It was yeah. Like, there was, I mean, there's a lot of punk rock that was angry, but like the hardcore was just, yeah, it was beating people up. For fun. <laughs> well, just a, just a few years earlier, you have a lot of the kind of seminal American punk rock band, not a lot of them, but there's this crop of uh, punk rock and, and hardcore bands that are, whether being pushed or lured by a, a record company, are kind of treading into thrashy or metally territory. And, you know, as they, as they sort of grow, and that's fine. I mean, I like that a lot of bands don't sound exactly the same as they did when they were teenagers you know like that's that's a good thing but there is this whole movement of of uh punk and hardcore bands that kind of like turned into like lukewarm metal bands and it was sort of sad to see yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, at the same time you have like the better i mean uh you know the like big big four kind of you know like the better big metal bands and thrash bands really were also like into punk rock and incorporating it just it sort of worked better most of the time that way as an influence than the other way around with the the punk bands moving into more metal territory you know, I, I think that's and, true. I mean, even even suicidal did that um, mm -hmm. which was and it was less interesting i thought the more metal they got the less interesting they were but yeah well and they have almost this mr bungley kind of well we're gonna do uh the spanish guitar thing for about three seconds and then it's a thrash song and then <laughs> Uh, you know, that's a hardcore we, with polka beat song. So should we talk a li just a little bit more about like who Slayer is? Yeah. Those who are not familiar with Slayer, they did uh, it's raining blood. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> the, produced by Rick Rubin, um, who also did. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and uh, <laughs> Logan, Logan made reference to the big four, right? So, so in the 1980s, there was this big explosion of a new kind of metal. Yes. Thrash metal that was headed up by, uh, or at least the biggest bands that came out of it were Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, and most people throw Anthrax in there. Although I think they're kind of in a slightly different category, but nonetheless, those would be the big four. And uh, but they all they all did claim um, attachment, or at least uh, embraced punk rock, right, yeah. as a big part of their roots. You know, I think uh, um, uh, I think it, it, it could have been one of the Slayer guys. I'm, I'm thinking it was James Hetfield who said something, something along the lines of it's a, what is it? You know, what do you guys play? And it's like, well, it's the precision of metal con combined with the hell of energy of punk rock. And I, and I think that was very, uh, very accurate. Right, it's like you wanted to have. Is he that talking about load or reload? Super, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, uh, but um, Saint Anger. Yeah, yeah, you wanted, you know, the whole idea is you wanted that ferociousness of punk, but with the, you know, that precision that, um, that uh, you know, those much more compositionally complex uh, ideas of metal. Yeah. Can't, right? can't have it's enough a, precision in uh, my punk rock. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Well, and, and that's what makes it an odd combination. And, and I was just going to say, that is one of my critiques of, of this album, is that, that it, more so than the selection of songs, is that when you add that metal precision to 
just a punk rock composition, I think it loses something. Yeah, and, you know, and and the the, the reference I, I might have to this is would be uh, on one of those Megadeth albums. I can't remember which one, but they covered um, the Sex Pistols' "Anarchy" in the UK, and it, and it's um it has that same sort of thing. It's like whatever was punk is now been removed. The, and there's uh, and, a uh, lack of sloppiness. Yeah. What's well, like I know the, I know what you're talking about, and it's like well, Dave Mustaine doesn't know how to do that. This he's not doing those Chuck Berry things that make it rock and roll. And it's like, that's the easiest shit in the world to do on guitar. That's like the most bang for the buck. And he like kind of neuters it with scales and yeah. Yeah. I don't think they precision, can. precision picking and stuff. And it's like, no, that's not part of the formula. That's not how that works. It's, it is kind of lazy and sloppy and, and you know, bluesy right. and, and, uh, just yeah, but it does it has work. attitude, right. you know, undisputed yeah. attitude. Yeah, <laughs> it does well. work when you when you do have that ferociousness and that speed and and that precision. You know, in a in a you know, like on Raining Blood, you know, the the kind of seminal album from Slayer. Well, yeah, uh, so we should talk about that because I think that has a big influence. Uh, that album. So if you know any real Slayer fan, you know, has listened to every single note they've ever recorded, right? And, uh, and any metal fan knows that, uh, um, blood that, you know, like rain and blood, the album is kind of a quantum shift in metal and metal production. It really kind of, you know, a lot of my favorite punk, especially like punk rock stuff early on has the worst recording fidelity imaginable. And I think it it just took a long time for, um, people are going to hate me for saying this, but like. I hate you for Green, saying Green this. Day's Dookie <laughs> is like how should you know how a bunch of like punk albums should have been recorded, it, but the the record industry was kind of you know people who ran studios for the most part were kind of way behind on how to represent this crazy music on a on a CD or on a on a vinyl record or tape or whatever. But if it just, had just been how to record that way, it, it would have been use, It would have been no reason to make it. Yeah, I just I mean I think there's there's like. 10 plus years of just nobody having any idea what to do with this fucked up guitar sound or we can't make the drums sound like that. They'll step on the bass or they'll do, do this and that. And Rick Rubin comes along to record uh, rain and blood and he really dials a lot of stuff in. And if you listen to previous Slayer albums, they do not sound the same. I think Tom's playing bass with his fingers on a lot of them. It's closer to, you know, geezer Butler, actually the earlier Slayer albums do kind of sound like not so good black Sabbath. And, uh, but once you hit that, you know, rain and blood, it's the formula. And it, it's like, this is how you can go stupid fast. Um, particularly we were talking about Dave Lombardo, the kind of the classic drummer as considered one of the fathers of like double bass stuff in metal, even though there's a bunch of people before him, but he's the, the guy who kind of wrote the book on how you, dole that out tastefully and usefully. And then the, the guitars on, on that, that, and this are, you know, they're playing, you know, it's EMGs into a Marshall, but it's like a lightly cranked up Marshall. These are Billy Gibbons guitar tones, not punk rock. You know, we turned all the knobs up until they broke off. It's, it's kind of restrained so that you can have a ton of crazy shit going on at all at the same time. And like that just that happens with that album and they i mean and through the rest of their career 
they kind of stick to that. Yeah, so it'll, it's basically so it'll sound good coming out of small yeah, speakers, yeah. right? Is, I mean, because it's just a lot of note. I mean, any musician knows that if you want to play more notes faster, you got to make them shorter. You know, they have to be you know, more self-contained or it just becomes one big note. <laughs> right. And the production, I mean, the production on punk rock, it would, that wasn't part of what it was about, right? It no. was just like, we got to just get this out there. And yes, it was mostly DIY. It was, it was it was about like, yeah. the live show. It was about the DIY. Um, to give it good production, I think probably does change it. Yeah, and that's yeah. what, you know, the modern punk or uh, pop punk or whatever yeah. you know became so what they hated about green day they did even more yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but then i listened to this so i listened to um in preparation i listened to all the original songs and all yeah. the slayer songs for this album and i mean these these songs sound so much better right like yes. production <laughs> wise it's amazing oh, yeah. which proves i mean they they yeah. they really learned and proved the production they're amazing musicians but i think it was just a bad choice of songs really and well, they talked about um tom mariah talked about they were going to maybe they wanted to do this covers album yeah but they talked about maybe doing like deep purple and the doors you and have, oh, oh, yeah. And yeah and i was they like going to show all their sides been, i mean and instead they just showed weird. verbal abuse a hundred times <laughs> i think tom i think they know their fans i think they know their like most of their fans i mean and as a fan i mean i'm not bothered by this but i think they know their fans are a bunch of meatheads <laughs> I, th I think they really do i think if they if they you know put some weird shit on here their fans would not be psyched about it yeah, they might not survive a load and reload yeah yeah <laughs> well i don't think this album did very well for them anyway i mean they were sort of and that, they weren't expecting it to be like a huge hit but i figured it only went up to like 32 which you know for me would be nice but <sighs> for them was you know did it, it actually 32 on the the big 100? Yeah. It reached number 34 actually on oh. the Billboard 200. So wow. well, see for a, for a, a cover obscure covers that's that might yeah, as well I was be say, it. Oh, I, the, I bet the guys from Verbal Abuse you know a lot of their current money situation <laughs> is tied into Slayer you know listings. <laughs> huh. Yeah, as I'm staring at, at Matt's Metallica shirt, I, was it a? Uh, um, it was like 87 or 88 when the first, what was it Garage Garage Days? Right. The, came yeah. Because yeah. they were breaking in Jason. Yeah. Right before, before yeah. Injustice for All. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's the not the not the 1998 or whatever. No, not the, not, turn the, not the page. Turn, yeah, not the turn the page one. <laughs> yeah. Not that one, but the, the original one. The first go around <laughs> right, for right. fucking awesome legendary bass player, Jason Newstead. Listen to Flotsam and Jetsam. Please. Metallica doesn't have a bass player. What yeah, are you yeah. About? Um, yeah. That that uh, that covers album is great. Yeah, uh, it's fun too. Partially because they picked really good punk covers to do. <laughs> well, and, and and apparently uh, they 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 were picking songs that that they would cover when they didn't have enough songs to play. So yeah, these yeah. were like ones that had they were close to their heart. Right, exactly. Which yeah. is maybe why they should have let Tom do his sing his doors song right, or, right. Yeah. or or even you know now that you said that i really want to hear that even even without lombardo <laughs> on board they maybe should have covered a suicidal song or two um it connects back to their you know kind of their la heritage and stuff like that you know it, i don't know that's the only point of a covers album is to hear where they came from and what they did and, to it and right. I, for, I kept catching myself thinking like oh maybe there's like rights 
it's no nobody's heard of these <laughs> fucking songs they're not covering yeah, like yeah. shit off a thriller or something it's like this is is there a common thread as well like i mean just i mean not necessarily theme of the songs i just meant with the the bands that they selected that's the hard part i thought uh, that that was difficult for me as well i thought that it's like well there's a lot of hardcore in here but is it but why is minor threat in there or why is the Stooges in there? I don't, you know, yeah. I don't, it's yeah. like, like, what is... The whole selection was bizarre it's to very, me. I like that Stooges. They, they, they just bought an iPod, and they an iPod shuffle, and they just, you know, this is what happened. They had <laughs> only then, loaded 300 so songs. I was, then I was trying to decide, I was like, well, what, maybe I don't like Slayer doing any covers, right? Yeah. Because yeah. really, I, I didn't like the, the pap smear songs on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, you know do I even want to hear Slayer do a not Slayer song? So yeah. then I thought of the covers, the other covers they did in Agata De Vida, which I kind of remember kind of liking that, but not gravitating towards it. I, I never, I don't listen to it in my car or anything. How'd they cover the organ part? <laughs> Kazoo. Perhaps yeah. their, their thing is so singular that they should, Stick, stick to, to it. stick to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like, then I found I found a, a version of "Born to Be Wild," which I had never uh, heard. Oh, oh nice. no! Which I was like, there again, I was like, I, I mean, maybe I was just so against the punk rock album. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of good, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's a lot of moments on this album where I'm anything that is different. I don't care if it's good or bad. I'm just grateful for anything that is yeah. different. So those few instances and they are few and far between on this album there's and, they they kind of ditch the i mean we'll get into this with some of the song but they're kind of ditching the classic slayer dueling guitar solo formula which is kind of what makes slayer slayer right you know yeah. uh and so it, it feels like you're listening to half of what they should be doing right so if slayer does a cover it's not arranged by i mean what they're doing is not Slayer. It's a straight right? up cover. It's yeah, the Slayer dudes doing another song, but it's not. It's not, and the production is is there. Everything is there, but for some reason, it's Slayer has their formula, and they're not. They're not formulaic because they've they've changed a lot throughout the years. But I think their formula and how they write and arrange songs is. Maybe they yeah. should just never have done a cover. I'd say even more so than any of the big four. They're, they're, they have a very specific thing that they do really well. Well, and that's, I mean, it's one of the reasons that they've had such a long-ass career is consistency and, you know, uh, somebody, you know, somebody once described the, the rock and roll thing as this war of attrition where, you know, if the Clash were still around, they'd be... You know, you'd be excited to see him if you, you know, also excited to see Pearl Jam play. And, you know, it, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. But if you hang around long enough, you're, you, you know, you get old. your art kind of becomes, <laughs> you know, formula. But, you know, the flip side of that is it works. You can you can keep your job. <laughs> yeah. And I was not, I was never hugely into metal. I mean, I came out of like the the death rock and some of the punk rock and stuff. So somehow I picked like the ultimate metal band that I could listen to the one band for 35 years and oh, just yeah. never have to listen to a bunch yeah. of other If you're going to go metal, go full metal. Yeah. And plus the best, the, you know, not the best thing, but another thing that is just wonderful about Slayer is just how evil they are. Yeah. They, I mean, they, um, um, they're know, no winger. But, yeah. They're, yeah. No winger. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're a fucking nerd, go get some Voivod uh, records from around this time. You know, it's like, 
Listen to that. I, I just, yeah, I just mean, you know, I just, I, I just remember um, a w- weird little anecdote. I was, I was given this guy um, guitar lessons. He happened to be blind and also had some brain dysfunction. And uh, he had this acoustic guitar and I said, well, what do you want to learn? And he'd go, I want to learn Slayer. And every time he said the word Slayer, he went, <laughs> All right. That, that is Slayer. <laughs> Yeah. That name, that logo, is doing a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> well, should oh, we? I just noticed Scott's T-shirt. That's great. Well, thank and you. And those spikes, those are yeah, devil those horns. Are pretty great. Security's going to take those away from you. Well, <laughs> we've had security issues. Shall we dive in? Uh, the first, tr- there's a lot of medleys on here, and still they're under two minutes. But the first one track is two songs by Verbal Abuse called Disintegration and Free Money. Bad Slayer fans, if we can't say who's in on the left and who's on the right. I am a bad Slayer fan. Yeah. I will admit it. I just heard bass guitar on a Slayer record. <laughs> What's going on with that? Everyone else stopped for a second. <laughs> Tom is plugged in. I thought Bob Rock played his part. <laughs> You gotta be very careful not to play the whole song. It's only a minute 40. Right. <laughs> that is, um... If you're just previewing this album on iTunes with the, you know, one minute sample for each song, you get it a good 90, 95% of this album. That, um, I think that's a great opener. Yeah. Hell yeah. Although, you know, if you don't like this, you can just quit now because oh, yeah. it's not getting any yeah. better or different. But yeah, when you, but you listen to this, like out of any context, it's like, it kicks a lot of ass. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. It's like they put it through their Slayer filter and it's i mean it's it sounds solid but it's just not a slayer it's just not slayer it's just yeah. the, the, the you know it's it uh, is so. what it says it is yeah. it is slayer covering a <laughs> hardcore song also For do you good think or they bad. took paul's other kick drum away oh that dude just didn't that's music. a big thing no, yeah like i mean that's blast that's a blasty hardcore beat right not i don't think i heard any like 16th no bass drum stuff it's yeah. i think it's all i think he might be trying to do it all single pedal but which is perfectly great in the canon of of hardcore right. in fact probably insisted upon but uh again that's a, a massive huge element of why slayer is a big deal right like, but then but i mean the, probably a lot of these things piss off the punk rock fans or the fans. Yeah, of yeah. I don't think they, they <laughs> so the, got So the any. double kick would be even more like twisting the knife. That's what I would the, like. It would yeah, be great. Yeah, if, I agree. That's the question. Is Would punk fans hate this more or would Slayer fans hate this more? 
Yeah, they're, they're kind of put themselves you know, <laughs> they, they, between a rock and hard yeah. place. Yeah. Neither Slayer, one is going to be happy. Probably Slayer fans, because punk rock fans are going to listen to it once and hate it. Yeah. Slayer fans are going to like want to like it, but just can't, you know, you're, it's, it's like, like yeah. pounding it into The Phantom Menace. Oh, you, you, you convince yourself you liked it for <laughs> yeah. the first week and then finally have to admit to yourself. <laughs> comes for no. Not good. No. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, um, uh, how does it compare to the original? I, I listen to the originals too. And it, I mean, it sounds the same only if it were recorded on, you know, a boom box with two microphones stuck in the corner of a closet, as opposed to every last, you know, Tom and, and snare and kick. Yeah. Mic. Audible and yeah. Sounds, and, I mean, it's yeah. weak. It's poor production. Yeah. It's, it's recorded in like a cement basement yes. with one mic or whatever. But it's, the, but it's the same speed and the same kind of, um, yeah, yeah. just about. Yeah. They copy, they, sort of, they copy the, the yeah. machine gun vocals. The, yeah. The, but it doesn't the sound. the candor of the vocals and, or the, the t- timber yeah. candor. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, yeah. They, they follow it. That might closely. be the, yeah, the, the way he opens with disintegration. Yeah. Scott's going to sing in my hardcore band. <laughs> and no one's going to listen. Yeah, it's a hardcore band. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I think that's the best uh, through line or connection. I mean, Tom's voice and and phrasing. I mean, even in classic Slayer material, it it is kind of the hardcore. Uh, you know, he sounds like. Shouty John McGee. Joseph or somebody like <laughs> yeah, that this in, the, in the phrasing. Yeah, right. and, this isn't and that far. You're really, really right. got, it's, it's all from the throat kind of hardcore scream kind of thing. Um, and so that works. He was already, he's got a lot of experience doing that. So yeah, he even got kind of nasally at the end there, yeah. like, a, <laughs> this, like yeah. minor threat or something. Yeah, that little bass break was awesome too. <laughs> I love so if as, <laughs> so if funny. you're a Slayer fan, you know that you almost never hear Tom uh all by himself. And on this one, yeah, there's a couple of like <laughs> breaks where just the bass guitar or just the bass and the drums are chugging sixteenth notes it's or something just, and and uh it's great. Yeah, it sounded like it was on fire or something. <laughs> yeah, when I hear bass in Slayer, I do like my eyes open. I'm like, yes, yes, I can hear it. He's still there. Well, this next pair of tunes are also by Verbal Abuse, including their self-titled song, Verbal Abuse by Verbal Abuse. Verbal abuse by verbal abuse, like covering bad company by bad company. Yeah. Talk, talk. Uh, yes, talk, yes. Talk. <laughs> we are the Clash yes, by the Clash. <laughs> so I listen to this first. You know, I'm I've, I've been a, a a big punk rock fan. I, I wouldn't say that I knew any of these bands very well, except for a Minor Threat. Um, but um, uh, but when I saw that title Leeches, because I listened to this before I read anything about it, I was like, oh, they're doing a naked rhythm song. But, uh, there are more than one song called Leeches. <laughs> yeah. 
They could have thrown darts at punk songs on a wall and would have probably put together a better track. Leeches come from a can. They're put there by a man. I like... There's one more... There's a thing I want to mention about the drums, and that's they're too good. Yeah. Um, It made me think of many years ago when I tried to put together a Germs tribute set for a show to play some germ songs. And for the life of me, I could not find a drummer who could make any damn sense of what, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Don, Don was playing. <laughs> and, uh, and because it's just a sloppy fucking mess, but played by a guy who can barely play the drums and it's brilliant. It's great. But a trained drummer has yeah. a really hard time even faking yeah, that. Copy that. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of idiosyncratic stuff in Again, they picked like pretty, you know, not so uh, unique punk stuff to cover. But even then, that's a big hallmark of punk rock versus hardcore, where it's like, well, nobody can sound like that drummer because... You know, he can only play like that, you know, and yeah, so he had some shitty drums and he had some and, shitty drums. And say, yeah, the drums are in tune and, and yeah. it's, they're in time. And it, it sounds like they, they snapped everything to the grid with the drums. Yeah. And it's like, that's not it's clean. Quite it's, right. <laughs> but even in the guitar, too, it's like it's. I don't know how Slayer can play like three chords. You know? <laughs> yeah. well, like, how do they fit yes. all those chords into just three chord songs? Yeah. But both of those things is what I was getting at earlier is that, that punk punk precision punk doesn't work. Yes. You know, it's like what it, it doesn't. And, and, you know, fake sloppiness doesn't work either. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's really, it's really about a, to me what punk rock is about. And I could be completely and totally, dismissed in this belief but i believe punk rock is about trying to put music together when you're not quite sure what the hell it is you're doing and and you're playing at the very edge of your abilities so so like when you when you come up with those great drum parts like that that are about to fall apart that are sloppy and that it's because you're really pushing up what is possible for you to do well and when you have someone who really knows what they're doing Playing that same thing, it becomes far less interesting. Yeah, if 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 your uh, um, intent doesn't outrun the execution, most of the time you're not trying hard enough. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, if you're in a punk band and you become popular, then you sold out. Yeah, you're right? not supposed I mean, to. You, you, yeah. you shouldn't make any money. Well, you and that's what. You know, yeah, that's my you know my complaint. Maybe that's Slayer's complaint too. I don't know, but my complaint with bands like Green but Green Day, it's not that they're, it's not that they're bad. It's that it doesn't sound like punk to me because it doesn't sound like like sloppy. That. Yeah. Like they're like they're really trying to do what they can't do. Well, right. And and uh, it, it sounds like they figured it out and they do it it's really formula. well. Yeah. It's the Green Day is like the Eagles of punk rock or yeah. something, <laughs> you know. And it's just they took it to the limit. One more time. Yeah, it was one too many, many times. times. Yeah, yeah. Way, yeah, it took it way past the limit yeah. years ago. Yeah, and I think too, like what I said before, like it wasn't about production. It wasn't about p- putting money into recording. It was just getting it out there and playing it and and playing live and touring. And so, uh, it you know, but too much production is just it's going to kill the ideals of it probably. Well, yeah, you can hear they probably spent more money on this song than some of these guys spent their entire career yeah. recording. <laughs> well, shall we go on to the the third medley in a row, which again, I no. The last album we had seven songs. Who are these by? These are by TSOL. 
What's with oh. all these bands that don't have, you know, names? Just get TSOL is one of the punk bands that had a weird later career courting with thrash metal-y kind of, yeah. like they sort of headed into a more, it's like they mastered the album with a metal zone pedal. Yeah. <laughs> Fills are perfect on yeah. the drums. Yeah. Those are those. those but just having stereo separation on the toms that go across your head <laughs> seems anti-punk. Yeah, stereo like recording seems pretty not punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, the thing is, it's like, like I don't like. Uh, I, I don't think. I mean, I don't think punk rock has to be recorded crappily to make no. it authentic, right? You know, I mean, certainly, like, you look at a band like The Clash, they got, they the got recordings re- got significantly better as they went along. Oh, yeah, I oh, mean, they're, yeah they're, they're great. Yeah, 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 you know, and, and uh, um, you know, and certainly, heck, that, that first, well, and only Sex Pistols album, that was recorded really well. Yeah. That, um, uh, you know, but but at the same time, it's... Uh, um, it's, it's not just the production, it's also the playing is what I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah. Well, even those early kind of like the seminal punk records that were recorded with pretty reasonable fidelity because they were recorded at a pro recording studio by, you know, engineers who knew what the fuck they were doing. Even those try to, I don't know if they try to, or they just couldn't stamp it out, (laughs) but they have the slack that we're, we're missing here baked into them. And so I think whether, I think there's something that you can capture, whether it's recorded in a basement with one microphone or, at Abbey Road, you know. So clearly having someone doing precise metal versions of punk songs isn't going to work. Let's reverse engineer this. What punk band should cover Slayer songs and how would that sound? Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good question. So this is, this I is, could this see the, the Ramones yeah. trying to do Raining Blood or... <laughs> Well, this is the reverse problem. If you took it to more extreme, you know, if you have, if you had, say, uh, accomplished musicians trying to play something that was very simple, yeah, that's that seems in the realm of possibility. Whereas something, someone with rudimentary skills, trying I only to know play three chords. I can't play something very complicated. Sounds like it would be very rough. Then again, you probably go to any high school talent show. That's what you'll get. Right, right, right exactly. The minute yeah. men's uh, in talking about love cover comes to mind as being uh, pretty perfect. <laughs> not needing any of the stuff that made the original happen. So. Uh, yeah, because yeah, how do you take out a bunch of chords and fills and stuff and like make a punk rock I guess you just have to reduce it to the to the essence whatever it is that you hear that kind of drags you in you know you just learn the one riff from Inter Sandman (laughs) and you just play that until you fall asleep if if you're listening and you're not a Slayer fan or familiar with the the catalog um they're one of their big signature things are these kind of uh tag team guitar solos that are they probably have more in common with an Ornette Coleman solo than they do or with Chuck Lizzie. Berry. Um, yeah, there are uh, there are a bunch of harmony lines that typically have like you know a unison major third stuff that makes your skin itch, um, which are cool. But just that you know, uh, both uh, Jeff and Carrie have described 
uh, guitar solos as being sort of a geometric exercise and not having anything to do with the notes. And they're designed to make you feel kind of icky. And they work great, and it's awesome. And you, if you just listen to this album, you would never know that they did that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think we've had a guitar solo no. yet. And we've gone through three songs, or six songs, and three tracks. I really like your, your Ornit Coleman reference. It's oh, a, no, I mean, they were big. I yeah, mean, because a lot it's of, like, they, they play, their solos are outside. Yeah, big the, time. The, uh, Plenty of contemporary jazz shredder type people have, like, mentioned these guys as an as a influence. Wow. Well, shall we go on to one of the first semi-original songs by Pap Smear, written by guitarist Jeff Anneman? At first I thought it was Pap Smear. Yeah, yeah. no, I was back, back <laughs> to the germs thing. I was like, cool! See, that is a Slayer rhythm right there. Yeah. Yeah. So if they played this at a normal tempo, how long would this song be? Whoa! That's the loudest and gnarliest that Tom has ever been on bass guitar. Yeah. Holy shit! On any of the classic material like that, the mid-range from that bass guitar sound is gone. Like, notched out completely. You can hear, like... You know, if you soloed the bass guitar on a regular Slayer album, you could hear each individual winding on each string and, like, Tom's, like, fillings rattling in his teeth, but no <laughs> bass to speak of. <laughs> but that was pretty cool. <laughs> well, it definitely makes sense that that, I think this so far is the most Slayer sounding song. You know, it has it a breakdown. And, yeah. It yeah, has a breakdown. Yeah. I get to catch your breath. You know, you're Slayer fans, so you're not going to pick the guy up off the floor. You're going to kick him. But well, it's still important to take a break. <laughs> Dump your beer on him. But yeah. <laughs> you got to catch your breath somehow. So have we noticed any theme lyrically going on? Because I can't understand a single word. Have, there's a lot of anti-establishment <laughs> kind of stuff going on. Yeah, you know, like somebody uh, you know at the end of a song yells, "President Reagan can suck my motherfucking balls" or something. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, '96, you don't really need to worry about Reagan anymore. I mean, you could worry, but not about Reagan. Mm. Yeah, and there's no dynasty there. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> um, no, not yet. But I no. think it'll happen. Yes. Does this any evil shit it. if you play it backwards? Everything is evil if you play it backwards long enough. Yeah. Someone's telling me to pay my taxes. Yeah. Slayer, when you play Slayer backwards, you get the Beatitudes. There you ah, go. I like that. Undisputed Beatitudes. Is that, that's the Winger album? That, yeah. Striper. Striper. The Black and Yellow Attack. So the next song is Da Damn. It's another pap smear. Again, the, the sequencing is weird, too. This one lasts all of a minute and one oh, second. Oh, dude, that's uh, that's gotta be Sans Amp. That sounds very cranked up, Sans Amp. Yeah. Yeah. 96? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah. That's a Carrie King solo, right? Both ears. 
totally you stereo. Can't, you can't. Yeah, no. they have it. Oh man! So in the liner notes for most classic Slayer material, uh, between the lyric sheet there is solo king, solo Heineman, solo king, solo Heineman, solo Heineman, solo king, and so you know who's playing because it's really hard to tell them apart. Um, I think I could be wrong here, but I believe that. Well, I know that they both use a different. One of them's a Floyd Rose guy, and one of them's a collar Kaler, guy. Kaler, whatever and, it is. Uh, um, I think Carrie's the the collar yes. guy, and I think there are some slight variations with dive bombs that are the giveaway. If you're really, really listening to this way more than you should be, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. guitar, the guitar you can geeks, tell, but <laughs> those are those are locking. For those systems, of you who are trying yeah, to tell yeah. the difference between Kira Knightley and yeah, Natalie yeah. Portman, that's right. <laughs> but they do. That's like right. if you're if you're used to a Floyd Rose, then the, then the the Natalie Portman plays like nines like a wimp. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- so listening to these songs, though, because it it is, um, you know, the side project or whatever, Jeff Hanneman. But I mean, they are more slayery, I guess. Yes. But yeah. also they're they're also just they're not slayer. Like slayer. Slayer is more than just the sum of its parts, yeah. right? The Slayer songs, whether thematically or the organization and the, the back and forth, like they, they really, they're, they're, they're bigger and greater than some of their parts. Slayer did this thing that I think only like Prince and Miles Davis and a handful of other people did where they, you know, we, we mentioned the big four and all that stuff, but there was this, there was this war for faster for a long time where the, the, the title like changed hands, like seemingly weekly for a while. And Slayer was always at the front of it. And just like somebody like Prince or Miles Davis would do, they would push whatever thing they were doing and then retire undefeated. Right. As people were like about to catch up. Um, and, uh, you know, they did that with, uh, um, you know, they re- released an album called South of Heaven that was yeah, South of Heaven, the, yeah. the song on there is really kind of slow and sludgy, although there are some songs that are faster than anything on on uh, their yeah, earlier was, material yeah. on that, but, but sort of proving that it's like, oh, yeah, no, we can still go faster than all you idiots. Right. But, it's not a slow album, but, like it, but they, they, they yeah. proved that they could slow it down. But, yeah, like back, be what, heavy. what Andrew was saying is they're not just some band. They were like a defining band for a lot of years that set the you know set the standard for a whole genre and there were just there were a hundred other bands like killing themselves trying to keep up or or catch up and um so this seems a little bit (laughs) maybe that's (laughs) another reason that this is is lackluster because yeah you know what i really want to hear this incredibly influential band do is like some lame covers of Uh of, of, you know something that (laughs) sounds like yeah uh well, yeah. I like the fact that, you know, this album was sort of Carrie's baby and he did, you know, let Jeff have his side project songs yeah. on there. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. If that band was... was It'd uh, be like John Lennon covering Wings or the, something. The Pat, <laughs> Pat Smear band was Dave Lombardo on drums and Rocky George playing. It's like, I want to hear those recordings. That shit sounds awesome. That's probably great. Yeah, yeah. They, they never recorded it super well, but there's a couple demos and stuff out there that... But it's it's pretty sloppy yeah. though too. It's funny to hear hear it because it is it is kind of sloppy and demo. So this was this was Kerry King's idea. This yeah, whole thing? he was the one who sort of masterminded it for God knows what reason. But 
but he does take the responsibility or he blame. Does. He does. I, why I don't know, but you know, maybe it's when he had to shave his head or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, shall we go on to uh, the first of the minor threat songs? Guilty of being white. They changed one one single word at the end of this song, and um, they've changed it from guilty of being white to guilty of being right. And um, apparently Minor Threat was none too happy about that. Um, they probably weren't happy about the whole thing, I was really, going to say, but, I, I don't know yeah, what they would be happy about. What but, is, you know, that, that I kind of like... Are they being tongue in cheek or? Well, well no. See, we... the thing is, the thing is, okay. Uh, There's some important context. Yeah, with yeah, that that, song yeah. There, that there is. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I, no, I understand that, that totally. But, but it's. I mean, I get how you could be upset about that. But at the same time, when you say guilty of being white, yeah. like what if you know Minor Threat, what the what what the what there it's a anti-racist song. It's yes. saying that white people or whiteness has caused all kinds of terrible trauma in the world. Right. Right. And, and so, so that last line, you certainly could interpret as guilty of being right. Like see us white people are right. Yes. Right. Or you could be guilty of being right. Like a bunch of, like a bunch yeah. of fucked up right wingers. Right, right. You know, so 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 I don't know what they meant is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, because I know that a lot of people heard this song like by Minor Threat, and they think you think, oh, it's like there's some kind of racist band, you know. And it's like, uh, no, that's yeah. that you're missing the. Yeah, you, you missed it. Right? You missed what they were trying to do. But I don't know what Slayer was trying to do. I, I have no. Yeah, they, they've no been accused, they may not have been. They've been, what they they've been accused of, of white supremacy before, which is a really weird accusation against um, Slayer, given that their front man is not white. Well, but you know, yeah, it's never stopped anyone before. <laughs> sadly, <laughs> yeah, there's some uh, some touchy and problematic issues here, which you know yeah. don't add to the enjoyment of the album. So yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what. We'll never know, right? We'll never know I, what they just meant. Sure, they're not going to say. Oh yeah, we meant for this to be a tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost. Yeah, did they even think about it? Right, right, right. right. They're just trolling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although it does, to me, the song you know the minor threat version sounds political or yes, whatever. Yes, yeah. This song just. It sounds almost evil, like Slayer got some evilness into yeah, it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They're very... Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, 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 yeah, it's too perfect in the sense of what... They're not getting anything across, really. They're just playing a really good version so of it. So, I... I grew up in the DC area and I positively hated minor threat and Fugazi <laughs> and all that shit for a long time, just because of, because of like overload. Kind of, no, because of self-righteous evangelical fans of it. And oh, this whole straight edge thing. Actual yeah. violent straight head idiots. And, uh, but, uh, you know, all those, uh, I also had beef with it because 
that's all anyone would talk about as far as music around there. And while I was trying to play in a bunch of, I thought cool bands or, you know, a bunch of my friends were playing in pretty cool bands. All anybody could talk about was how great Minor Threat and Fugazi were, even though they'd been basically inactive for at least a decade at the time. And that was a little frustrating, but we would bump into, you know, Ian, Alec, Mackay pretty often. They were around, you know, they just bump into him and it'd be like somebody's dad or something. You wouldn't, you're just (laughs) like, that's the dude from the, like, okay, whatever. And, you know, a couple of times that I've, you know, got to like talk to him, he was super nice guy and like, pretty much was like, yeah, I, you know, it's like, I wrote what I believed in. It's like, I like will own all this stuff, like all the straight edge stuff and all the political stuff. He was like, yeah, no, I meant it, man. I'm sick of having to explain it to like every fucking person that I meet, like what it really means and what, you know, and he was like, I just like, I don't know. It's like, I'll talk to you about it, but like, I just don't, I'm so tired of anything you did 10 <laughs> or more years ago. Yeah, and still have like, to talk about. I'm so tired of having to support this as like some, you know, perfectly like dialed in ideology or something. It's like, no, it's like I wrote that when I was like 15, or, you know, it's yeah. like I was a kid. He was like, and I still stand behind, you know, what I meant and felt then, but it was like, I just, I don't know. It's, it's not supposed to be a blueprint for, how everyone should live their lives. And, yeah. you know, I think <laughs> one of the things I really like about um, growing up in Denver is that we didn't have a cohesive thing like that. We didn't oh. have, we didn't have to live up to some straight edge or, oh, uh, you know, minor threat scene or even the Southern California or whatever. We were just doing whatever we wanted really. And we, our yeah. influences were far and wide. No, everyone wanted to be big head Todd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was it. Yeah. Firefall, firefall. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably another reason why I like butthole surfers so much. Right. Cause they were a, a punk band coming out of Texas, which is weird. Say, and they were fucking weird. The dicks and, and the big boys too are extremely yeah. fucking weird. And from Texas. Yeah. And so. we're weird under penalty of death. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I tell you though, it, it, it surprised me that they, that minor threat was, one that they were covering. It does uh, seem weird. It I was like, I was like that is, that's, that's another coast. And, then, um, and, I, and no bad brains cover. Yeah, yeah no bad brains. I would love to have heard of but, bad but brains. I, but I, was it Mr. No or Dr. Dr. No? Dr. No. But that's not Dr. I know. That's, it's not, that's not Gary. That's another thing. I saw that and I said, oh, they're covering, uh, wow, they got bad brains. It's like, no, 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 no that's no. not it. Dr. No's the band is cool, but they're yeah, not, yeah. they're not, uh, but can I tell a, a very quick, quick side story about Fugazi? Do you do you remember? Uh, you know, because someone mentioned Pearl Jam earlier. You remember Pearl Jam <laughs> went went on the uh, yeah sorry that uh you gonna beep that they went on the ram they they went on the the rampage or or they they build you know they they manned the barricades for to try to reduce ticket prices for Ticketmaster and oh, all yeah. of that right yeah and I remember they they gave up on it because they said you can't do it you can't there's no way you can you can have a show and make enough money to tour without going through Ticketmaster therefore we're giving up and we're just gonna go back to Ticketmaster we tried we failed the day that 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 I read about that I don't know that they announced it but the day they read about that I went to a Fugazi show at the at the uh, it was it used to be called the Mammoth Event Center here in Denver which is now the Fillmore but uh, uh, and it, Fugazi was there and it was ten bucks 
And that was that. And and why was it 10 bucks? Because they wouldn't charge more than that. And they did not use Ticketmaster. And I was like, well, Pearl Jam, you're just a bunch of, you know, it's like, look, you can do it. You just have, have to, to not pay make for as it. much money. Uh, right? Right? Our, our, our lawyer and our accountant <laughs> said we couldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. So yeah. we changed our minds. So, so, I was like, so I was like, someone, someone's like making a big stink about it, but someone's actually living it, you know? So I was like, all right, way to go. I was never a huge, you know, I had friends that were really into minor threat and Fugazi and, you know, I like them, but. So Fugazi didn't have an accountant, so that's yeah, 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 okay. Right. Lyle did the. That would be a tough <laughs> yeah. gig, Fugazi accountant. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also just to um, just to jump off of that, uh, you know, more like Pinchers, which was late '80s through early '90s, and we were very DIY. We were very just totally different influences. Came up with our own weird, bizarre sound. Um, but uh, but even even us, like from. You know, each album was like way better produced than the previous one. So in this old punk rock where it never got better, really, except where, I mean, maybe the transition to metal, like DRI or somebody started doing metal or whatever, maybe different kind of songwriting or whatever. But I think the punk, punk rock, pure punk rock was stuck in that. Whatever it was, yeah. you know. We can't get better because then it's not punk. Yeah, yeah. And oh, and one other thing about so about the tickets fees when Warlock Pinchers did our um, reunion show when, when we when we were playing we never probably played a Ticketmaster show back then except maybe when we opened up for Red Hot Chili Peppers or something. But when we did our reunion show, eighteen years after quitting, and so in twenty ten, and I. Um, I hate ticket fees so bad. And I was like, this will not, there, there will be no fees for this show. I, I sold all the tickets myself on PayPal and we paid the fees. We basically paid the fees because we paid all the PayPal fees. And I sold out all, basically two nights at the Gothic. And, I, you know, I paid for that privilege of not charging fees. Yeah. And it can be done. And we made enough money for to go around you know yeah. it was just like i can't i don't know how pearl jam failed in that except for the venues have exclusive contracts with with Ticketmaster, so you can't play at that venue but right, fine right. find another one you know yeah you can do it if you wanted to but do you really want to that's really what it you know, to. Yeah. it's also you know how tempting is this to me since Ticketmaster really isn't giving me any <laughs> incentive or you know interest so well shall we move on to yet another verbal abuse song in case you'd forgotten they're everyone's favorite i hate you i forget which night it was but i went to i went to that it was great (laughs) really fun There are more punk title than I hate you. I mean, really, that's the essence there. I hate you. I hate you, you. too. 
and we're done. Good night. This was a pretty straight, straightforward one. Like yeah. did, there wasn't really a lot of complexity even that they tried to eke in. Yeah, there's a little bit of guitar showboating in the edges, oh. but it is like a simple three chord dong 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 kind of song. So they even have a little bit of like pseudo gang vocal. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was that kind of that march, yeah. that kind of marching uh, chorus. Call it, yeah, again, you got to catch your breath, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know, because they're the band that was from Texas, right? Do we know what part of Texas they were from? I don't know anything about verbal abuse. I was going to say, uh, maybe they have incriminating photos of some of the guys from Slayer. About that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're going to cover our songs. Not just one, we need like eight. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, you know, Kerry King was, you know, when they were touring in Texas, he hung out with these guys or something. Who knows? It's always something like that. But they couldn't figure out how to do Judas Priest or Deep Purple. Also, I mean, this is so hardcore as in the genre, the musical subgenre from start to finish that, yeah, there's no uh, agnostic front. There's no Cro-Mags. They're... They're missing some. They're missing some stuff that would have worked really well. And you know, I don't know if these bands are. Everybody on here is just super duper close to their hearts, and they they went with that. But it could be. It could have been. Maybe it was stuff they bought early on that they. You know, this yeah. is what I listened to when I was thirteen. Right, I only right. had twenty bucks to spend on records, right. so yeah. it was they these did eight. Do those exploited songs with Ice T. True, which was kind of. Uh, I mean, I did. I never listened to them either, but. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Rap, rap and metal. Like what could go, what could, what could go, go wrong? <laughs> as long as they do it all for the, the cookie. There's a, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I like that. I, I have that first body count record. I thought that was pretty good. Oh yeah. I was just, yeah. The, you, you might accidentally conjure a limp biscuit. Oh yeah. 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 Well that, that, um, isn't that what we all need? Wasn't that new metal p- plus rap? Sure. Sure, why not? We'll just... What was that? Uh, I don't know what it was. We're, we're all trying very hard to forget and move on with our lives. Yes. Limp Biscuit. I have a Limp Biscuit anecdote. Well, um, we always uh, got to hear that. Uh, so I met Wes Borland uh, several years ago. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. And he was a huge Warlock Pincher fan. And he told me, he was like, man, in high school... Your album, Circusized Peanuts, we listened to it every day in the car after school, and it like got us through 11th grade. Awesome. You know? So it's like, wait, so is, is it my <laughs> fault? That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that said, I mean, West Portland is definitely the weirdo did cool you say, dude. Did, right, did right, you right. say something like that to him? Because he probably would have liked that. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of in shock about the whole thing because I was like, this is really Well, yeah, you strange. want to inspire Wes Borland and not Fred Durst. Yeah. Or yeah. Robert Durst, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, Robert Durst. Well, that was the same guy. Oh, yeah, close damn. enough. <laughs> Dead on the inside. He's well. doing all right. Yeah, yeah. So this is another uh, minor threat. Oh, yeah, another medley. Yeah, medley. Fiddler, and uh, I don't want to hear it. Bass. pitched like ride cymbal bell stuff would just not 
You're either just bashing the shit out of the right cymbal bell in a punk song, or no one can hear it. Right. Like, I'm that not would just. Thinking this, about it. This cymbals sound. It sounds way too good. It sounds weird if you're familiar with the original stuff. Like, cymbals just sound like static yeah. <laughs> through the whole song. <laughs> sounds more slayery too like uh, minor thread is like rolling over in their proverbial straight edge grave <laughs> like did they do they double track those dive bombs <laughs> you know like, <laughs> oh man yeah with that yeah with that kind of soloing i can't imagine minor thread like just you'd be, uh, you'd be kicked out of punk for life uh-huh. for this sort of shit man i couldn't imagine they could eat they could do it much less want to do it yeah yeah they're like what do you do just practice practice guitar all day yeah, yeah you nerd <laughs> <laughs> don't come back playing your instrument never get anywhere doing that yeah well there's a lot of songs on here because they're very short so we should start like burning through them most of them the the same things apply so spiritual law is by spiritual law is by D.I. not D.R.I. Is kind of like a surf punk band. Yeah. Like I knew of them as a East Coast surfer. There's <laughs> in a lot of surf videos from the 90s. They're like 80s, but. Yeah, well, I can't hear the big deal at all. Yeah. There's, there's a little like. California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, there's a little bit of like the Jaws uh, theme by John Williams in uh, there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get to like the breakdown, da 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 na, but you know that's about as I close like as I get. Uh, you can't play that shit for surfers; it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing they want to hear. Aww. They want two girls for every guy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a whole heap of trouble. Uh, sounds like they're <laughs> optimistic about their uh, audience. So this is a. Uh, um, uh, who was it? The Jam did the Batman theme, or Jan and Dean did too, right? Jan and Dean did a whole Batman themed album that I think we're going to have to cover one of these oh, days. Man. Talk about problematic racism. Eesh. There's some uh, voices Golly. on there that are. Um, gee, Batman. Yeah, gee. Um, um, <laughs> this is Mr. Freeze. Uh, that's Dr. the next now. one. Oh, that's the next one? Did yeah. I skip one? Yeah, we were listening to Doctor. We were listening to DI and Spiritual Law. Mr. Freeze is the next track by right. Dr. No with a K as opposed to Dr. No with an N, which is you Mr. There you go. For your eyes only. Will you play underground? the ground? Watch the ground. You will die on your knees. Batman? Yeah. yeah, it was about 96. Was, did so. that come? Oh, yeah. Schwarzenegger. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that movie was pretty not cool. a connection, but... Uh, 
ice just cold need to, blood flows in your veins. Ooh, I don't want to give you the cold shoulder, <laughs> but you better chill out. What killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age. <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you haven't watched the the compilation of ice puns from Batman and Robin, you're you're missing out. It's like a good three and a half minutes, and this had less of those. Yes. Sadly. Yeah. And, and so Dr. No, they, they only do one Dr. No song, which yeah. is aside from like the Stooges, I think that's the only one that they've only do one of. Yeah. Huh. And that, and Dr. No was also the product of the, um, the child actor, um, Brandon Cruz from Courtship of Eddie's Father with oh, Bill Bixby. Really? Yeah. So, so, so it's it like the a, Incredible Hulk meets <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. We, they, they should have done more Doctor No. Yeah. More songs about Batman villains. Yeah. <laughs> they could have done some Poison Both Ivy. Of those things would have would have yeah. See we, Poison Ivy. Yeah. There was a, a band that had a Batman theme. Yeah. They they could have done the Joker. Toker, Midnight Smoker. <laughs> now this is by D R I, not D I. Slayer doing Steve Miller. Now that would be. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know what that would be. Avracadabra. That would be the pompatus <laughs> of love. That's what it is. Violent pontification. We know irony. That one, that got kind of weird with the production yeah. too. Like it got like no vocal. It just got almost like talking. Vocal. Yeah, it was. It's kind of like a. The you may ask yourself, the what kind of pacification will I give you? Violet. The engineer got bored and just left the room and uh-huh. uh, took and, a nap. And, and I think it. Uh, I think it helped a little bit. So this this was <laughs> produced by or executive produced by Rick Rube. Executive produced by Rick Rube. Yeah. Yeah. Whose you know sole contribution was suggesting a Black Flag song that they didn't do. Uh-huh. I always thought ex- executive production was was uh, basically just a title you gave to somebody to give them a little money. Yeah, pretty much. You paid um, for it. Yeah. But you hear, I mean, it's his Rick Rubin, Raining Blood. Production. They just left the presets all, all over this. They <laughs> the stuck with board. that from. The second that that album was done, they were like, yeah. that's what we're doing from now on. I like the little call and response vocals on this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a little different. Yeah. 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 I don't remember the original. It would be nice. I guess that's out. true, too. It's like it's it's too much. In general, it's too much Slayer and, and or not enough Slayer. That's It's yeah, one of those two. It's like if they're going to go in on this, it would be kind of cool if they would just get out of their comfort zone. And and see what they could you know yeah we could do with those songs right but um but 
but being Slayer doing them, it's... Yeah, I, I don't believe, like, you know, we were talking about the Metallica one earlier and how those were, like, they recorded that album because those were songs that they played in their sets or as, like, soundcheck songs or some of the first songs, that like, the songs they learned when they were first learning to play their instruments right, and stuff. Right. There's a connection to them. I don't really feel that with this one. It's like, yeah. so it was like, here's some punk songs we picked out. We remember Learn them. <laughs> right, they just, yeah, the, the way they picked them, I feel like, yeah, it was... What songs would be indicative of you know? Yeah. But it wasn't yeah, it wasn't really their totally their roots. I don't think so. This next song is about an internet star. Is that that the Richard Richard Hung? Wasn't that oh no, it, it was William Hung. Oh William Hung. Uh, William Hung William himself. Hung himself. <laughs> I'm surprised Weird Al hasn't come out with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This and this is another we'll DI song. Music. And this this song I remember from like a, from a compilation. It, it's it's a little different than some It's a little goofier, and this might be rather dark uh, themes of the song, which are explicitly spelled out in the title. I thought it was. I'm a little daft. Richard Hung himself. Yes. I could see how that could be dark, but I thought maybe it was the guy's last name. Uh, Richard Hung himself. Now he's a real swinger. <laughs> So DI is one of the bands that like remind they they're like the first punk band that I remember to have the snotty Southern California vocals yeah. that would you know years later yield the Blink One Eighty Two and shit like that yeah. you know they're not solely responsible but <laughs> like the surfer brat kind of yeah they were bratty. more like a party band yeah like yeah that, punk. I think their names were like Skeeter and Jeff and <laughs> Richard hung himself Happened just the other day. <laughs> See, Pat Boone should have done this uh, <laughs> Ooh, after yes, the, the metal Pat album. Boone he should have done a punk album. Hardcore album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know. And Pat Boone would have a ton of bad brains and chromags and yeah, shit on there. Yeah, yeah. It would be sick. There was, there was a line there. There was a line that said something about sub subcutaneously. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's some humor on here. You might word. even yes, say gallows humor. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of ah, syllables. Ah, <laughs> I'll be here all night. Man. Yeah. I mean, the, the original they all join in on the course, and it's it's very catchy, and it's a gang vocal, and it's disappointing they don't keep that on this version because. It's a catchy, you know, Richard hung himself. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, punk rock uh, backup vocal things is from, uh, what's the Live Misfits album? Is that, is, is that, it's not Legacy of Brutality, maybe. Whichever, whichever the live one is. That's just Sent us an email at Detours and Outlawyers. <laughs> horribly uh, and, and performed even worse, but uh. it's great. But uh, Jerry's, Mike is a lot louder than Glenn's. And so you hear these, you hear this one guy just singing his ass off, kind of subdued quiet, and quiet. Yeah. And then whenever there's like a whoa or a yo or a oh, it's just ah! and really out of tune. It's just <laughs> like, and Glenn probably tried to bury that. <laughs> well, moving on. The uh, the Stooges, I mean, they, they changed one word in that Minor Threat song, but they changed all the words on this one. <laughs> we, I don't, I'm not sure why, but... I'm gonna be your god. 
Well, dog spelled backwards is... Is God. So, yes, if you play this backwards, it sounds like the Stooges. <laughs> That snare is out of place. <laughs> vocals are pretty awesome. Yeah, this was the only one I knew before I listened to the album. <laughs> Tongue in that special place. <laughs> that dude, that's so... Like, oh man, I can't believe like Beavis and Butthead haven't come up yet. It's like Slayer. It's like, it's, that's like so like, yeah, I totally know what sex is, dude. Your special place. Ah man. This oh, this reminds like, me of you know. Did you guys do this, say, when you were in grade school? Maybe you still do it, but you're humming a tune and then you change the lyrics to being something stupid, like add, yeah. adding the word fart a lot or something yeah. along those lines. That's kind of what this When seems, I was a kid, I wanted to grow up to, to be Weird Al, and that yeah. was, you know, I spent a lot of time in a, a band, quote-unquote, without, you know, anyone playing instruments called Anchovy. It was spelled like Bon Jovi, but it's <laughs> Anchovy. <laughs> me and, my, and we would do things like, you know, just change, you know, what was it? Going off the rails for a crazy train, we just turned it into grazing cow. Or, you know, I can't get enough nutrition. Uh, we yeah. thought we were hilarious. <laughs> I was like eight, but. Yeah, that uh, explains a whole lot. That's, <laughs> that's important origin that's story stuff. There you go. And I'm still trying to be Weird Al in my own way. Yeah. But this song was out of place in all aspects of like even compared to all the other bands that they covered. Yeah, this is this, this is, is pre-punk, pre-metal. I mean, it's important music, and but yeah, it's and, not, and it's not in the hardcore vein that all the other stuff is. It's yeah. from you know two decades prior to most of these songs, at least, and they don't do anything with it. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> That's a disappointment. Maybe a, a decade. For some of them, I don't know. I think this not. came out like 69, 70, somewhere in there, and I think most of the songs are like eighty-five. To right, right. Oh, I thought that was I thought that was a later Stooges song, but it might be it. my Stooges yeah, chronology is like weak. Seventy-four, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, something like that. It should have been on the Deep Purple era uh, yeah, yeah, tribute yeah, yeah, album, yeah, right. but still. But some of these bands were like eighties bands, right? Like eighties. Yeah, yeah, most of them. Yeah, most of them were. Yeah, yeah. Mid eighties, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most of them were probably born around the time the Stooges were recording their first album. I wonder if they toured with any of these guys. They might have. I'm too lazy to look it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think during that time, though, like, thrash metal and punk were not. Those were two totally different. Oh, yeah, there schools, was segregation you know? yeah. <laughs> between separate but equal. This was extreme and weird music at the time. I mean, like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, even Metallica was... Not quite a joke yet. Right. <laughs> like, Give them another two they, years. They were kind of badass. I mean, no, I, no, they were. It was they always were scary. I, I'm reminded of a, like a thing that uh, you know Henry Rollins talking about Black Sabbath when he was growing up in the you know late '70s, early '80s, where he was just like, well, you know. Your your hardcore metal fan, or you know, your hardcore rock and roll fans like Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and stuff like that. But you know, like the guy that would you know pull a knife on you, listen to Black Sabbath uh, or something, you know, it's just like yeah, that, the, the real dirtbags listen to that. And as we get into thrash territory, it's like Slayer was the, 
Yeah, yeah they were they like were the, the <laughs> they were they were like the double dirt bag. Yeah, yeah. Your friends who huffed glue were listening to Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Slayer. <laughs> it's the Crispin Glover character in River's Edge. Oh, you know, he was listening to Slayer. But that was like, yeah, that was the Slayer fan, the super weirdo. Yeah, yeah. But earlier though, this is, I mean, Lombardo's gone. So this is the second thing they did without Lombardo. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah and it's like the drumming's fine and everything but it it it's missing something that late 80s you know uh slayer had where they were just at the top of their game with their their slayer thing we're slaying they were slaying uh, i don't know and like grindcore is already happening in here too so there's yeah. more extreme was Guar around? Yeah, Guar was, yeah, was there. Was around. Was around. I think I think the '90s were were unkind to the big four. Yeah, uh, but um, well, some recovered better than others. But um, <laughs> well, shall we listen to the final and only original on this album, Gemini? You didn't like punk covers. This is your own <laughs> <laughs> your one chance. Yes. Now, see, it would make sense if they would write an original that fit in with the other songs right, to sort of say, totally this is how these songs influenced us. And But no, this just sounds like a random outtake that got tacked on on the end. Although they do sound a lot more comfortable doing this. Yeah. Just trying to reassure fans. No, we'll we'll come back with something real next time. This is just a stopgap <laughs> album. Double bass for the first yeah. time in the whole sucker. And this is by far the longest song on the album. Oh yeah, I think it's oh, longer yeah. than the first three or four combined. <laughs> that Tom's trying to sing. I know, I just noticed that too. Why is he the singing? This is scaring me. That was that somebody else. Mastodon or something. (laughs) Jeff or somebody singing and then Tom comes in. Yeah. Weird. I don't like it. See, I feel we're Slayer fans now. It's different. I don't like it. It is weird. It is. I was excited for an original song on here, but then I I can't totally get behind this one. I don't no. know what the, the history of it is as far as, yeah, was it some weird outtake or or what? But it, was, it doesn't seem like a Slayer song. They did not work very hard on it, but it doesn't fit with the album, nor is it good. So um, what a great way to end the album. Um, right at the end. Yeah, no one's gonna make it all the way through this album. I'm toss something on there. So, so do we? Do we even get the feeling that this was a labor of love? I think it was a it was more of a challenge than love. <laughs> it's like, can we do this? I think they recorded in like two weeks, three weeks. Labor of contractual obligation. <laughs> they spent two weeks on this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's according to Wikipedia, which is yet to be wrong. Um, but. So yeah. in the, but in the Slayer history, so this came after um, Divine Intervention, which was also like that. I, that might be one of my least favorite Slayer albums. So 
Were they trying to figure out what to do next, or they just they, uh, they had they some, didn't know what to do next, so they just did this to buy some time? Or? Yeah, writer's block. And I think the next album was it like almost all, if not all, Henneman songs. Oh, was it? I think so. Yeah. So it may be that they just didn't have any material, so they were like fishing around for a new direction, new drummer. They were trying to, I don't know, maybe they felt the heat from Nirvana finally, and were trying to. I don't um, know, but they spread the good. I mean, the 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 good news, the success story is they totally turned it around. I mean, as much as the I like all those early albums, then and and the next one, Diabolus and Musica, is yeah. not one of their most critically acclaimed ones, but I like it a lot. Yeah. But then, like, um, then then God hates us all, which was like. Yeah, in, when they get insanely. I mean, it was like, man. I'd, well, I'd, and they I, took was, a, some time between yeah, music and time. There. Yeah, so I think they just needed to um, figure it out their direction. Decide and the direction what to was do next. Not doing punk rock songs. They <laughs> no. didn't learn that much. When their lesson learned, their whole thing is so meticulously dialed in to be like this clock-like thing. It is precise. Yeah, that maybe they shouldn't rush out a bunch of covers a slot you know yeah. it's, like, it's like maybe their best taking maybe they should have time to write a really polished record and that's the best thing that they can do and maybe should do yeah and that's and that's how they lasted so long too they didn't do an album every year and a half i mean they they were they was really spread out they toured a lot just yeah it was, it, it's crazy some of these 70s albums we do where it's like Oh, that was the second album they that did year. this year. It's like they're on the run. Of like, oh, man. It's like eight years, ten albums. Wow. You know, it's like too many holy ideas. Shit. Well, no wonder they were bored in the studio and trying new things. Yeah, yeah. disco album. What the hell? Yeah, and then it's it's like every album. It's like. And the long, long anticipated Slayer yeah. album because it was like it's been three yeah. over three years since yeah. the last one. So, yeah, I think that maybe there's something to that. They really, you know, whether they were hits or not, quite as, uh, you know, big of. So, do they have any other oddities like this in their catalog? Uh, no, I mean, I don't know. Go listen to the uh, the first uh, first couple of records. Um, they're really weird. Um, I mean, they're cool, but they, they do sound like bad Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. And that was really, I mean, that was the beginnings of speed metal, right? Yeah. I mean, they were, they were kind of forging, forging it, but it was, and the, I think the songs are good, but the production wasn't that good. So yeah, and nobody they, knew what to do with what they were uh, trying to, the type of music that they were making. They just didn't know how to capture it in any representative way. And so, yeah, the, the first couple of recorded Slayer things do not sound like Slayer as you, as you know it. Yeah. They're more different than this is from the rest of the Right. The and but then I would say, like, Seasons in the Abyss was kind of out of place. Yeah. Like, it, it sounded more like the album that would have been before Rain in Blood, almost. I yeah. Mean, just the songs and the... the uh, a lot of people's favorite. I know. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I know. like it's, that album. It, I like, South of Heaven's one of my favorite, just because... South of Heaven's pretty cool, started, too. They were like, yeah. this is our... We're going to do this Melvin Z shit, right? Yeah. And then, like, three or four songs in, you is it... Is, uh, is it Silent Scream is on that? Or is that on... Trying to re- um, I'm trying to remember yeah. which song it is that's like three or four songs in on on South of Heaven. Yeah, that's, that's fast yeah, as shit. Kind of, that sounds <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, and you're like, like South of Heaven is like 
it's slow and it builds yeah. and then silent scream and you're like holy shit okay it's slayer it's slayer yeah, it's back to that I'm they, sorry, I'm they sorry. were retired undefeated but yeah. we're also like oh by the way we can still do this like faster than anybody yeah. which is and so that's where cool. seasons of the the abyss there's some quasi singing on that one too it was like yeah, a, yeah. which is a so i would say that is maybe a little yeah, bit yeah. of an outlier yeah. um but that's i mean i came in during rain in blood um listened to the older ones but then the first time I saw them live was South of Heaven tour. And I was like, I, and I wasn't into metal really. I mean, I was into Slayer, but I wasn't into really any other metal. And I saw it at the Rainbow Music Hall and the... The, the Rainbow. The, yeah, which was the best place to see a show. And the the guitars, the opening guitars for South of Heaven, the song started playing before any of the band members were out on the... And it was just like, and it just kept repeating. And I was like, what is going on? I mean, it blew, it blew me away. I yeah. mean, I could not believe. And I think me, I, I, I can't remember if I had heard that album yet or not. I, I must have, but for something about it, it's like, wow, that was so South of heaven. I have a huge spot. Oh, in that my, one's, it's in so great because for, it's like, you can even slow their riffs down in there. It's like these riffs rule yeah. at any tempo kind yeah. of thing. Unsafe at any speed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Take that Nader. <laughs> He running again? Can we oh, vote no. for Nader hey, again? I just I just found my uh, um, uh, Bush and Kerry make me want a Ralph T-shirt. From- oh wow! <laughs> yeah, those were the days. I was a vote well cast, uh, right? Uh, sure that. Uh, hey, every vote counts as long as you're on the Supreme Court or you're the <laughs> Secretary of State in Florida. Yeah. And oh. on that optimistic note, yeah, really do we have any final thoughts on this album? Not a good place to start with Slayer if you're unfamiliar with their material. Yeah, not a good uh, entry point if you're a fan of hardcore and want to get into Slayer. Who should listen to this album? Anybody? Uh, hardcore idiots who probably have already listened to it and casted judgment. Metalheads who will be confused and disappointed. I feel like no one really is going <laughs> to like. Let's this pretend album. it doesn't like, exist no, and move not, on with our yeah, lives. Yeah, <laughs> not Slayer fans, not hardcore fans, not punk fans, not. Stooges fans, like maybe if you're a fan for. of a particular one of the bands they cover, maybe if you're be, a big hardcore verbal abuse fan, right? Uh-huh. Maybe be interested to hear those yeah. covers just as a maybe the just those bands. Maybe yeah. verbal <laughs> abuse is like, oh, what I wonder what Slayer did with our songs. Right. But, I don't I, know. I feel like it's almost for nobody. I mean, that's why I thought it would be great for this and show yet it for made us to talk about. Thirty-two on the uh, Hot 100, right? or something like that. Yeah. So, no accounting for taste. <laughs> it's okay if you're if you're a Slayer completist. We've heard worse. You know, yeah, yeah. We've heard worse. Well, yeah. If, you're, if you want their whole, yeah, you got to have the album, I guess. Yeah. It, it, even in an attempt to be a completist for a particular band, I've listened to way worse. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, is there anything you want to plug? Where um, this will probably come out guess, like April fourth or something. Now, yeah, I mean, this is this for me. This is the year of the podcast. Like, I I was I was on a podcast, the MF Ruckus podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys know those guys, yeah, yeah. and that was like a three plus hour just a conversation with me and the uh, one guy, Aaron. And it was like, wow, that was really long. But we went pretty far, pretty deep in every direction, um, and then. Um, the podcast I'm doing with Tom Headbanger too is right now. I mean, the working title we have we just fin- finished recording our fifth episode, but it's just called Banger and Andrews Podcast. But we're working on a name. Um, but yeah, I would I would just say look that one up in your um, 
in your uh, whatever wherever you listen to podcast thingy. Yeah, it pops up pretty quickly, and that's that's just us talking. I mean, we both are, have all these different kind of histories, and you know, we we've interwoven with each other's pasts, and uh, we go we talk about current stuff and old stuff, and just it goes all over the place. So yeah, definitely we'll provide a link on our show notes and whatnot if we can figure out how to do that, which I'm sure we can. I mean. <laughs> I have confidence in you guys. <laughs> we, we've learned lots doing this. So I guess uh, that'll do it for us, unless you, we got anything else to plug. Burt versus Goom's playing at Foco MX. Get your tickets to that. Uh, it's canceled by and, the coronavirus. And, and Pondstock. Uh, yeah, that is a... Yeah. <laughs> no one's leaving their house again, yeah. so enjoy podcasts. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to leave my house. Isolationist xenophobes. If, if you want to <laughs> leave your house, unite. Yeah, come to the show. <laughs> But yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. This has been really fun. And oh, we've been, been looking yeah, forward yeah. to it. So Definitely. I'm glad that we got to do it. It's always fun listening to Slayer. <laughs> Even the worst Slayer Break is still... Down. Go listen to Metallica's Garage Days. It's Garage Days Revisited is the... Yeah, Garage the 80, Days Revisited. 88 okay. one, right? 89. Yeah. 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 No, no. The, uh, one, one final comment. Whenever I hear Slayer, like, if it comes up randomly on, or I hear it on the radio or something... It instantly elevates my mood. I always mm-hmm. feel better. This album did not do that. No, no. So no cathartic release. <laughs> no Slayer for you. But it, but but you know. But it was. But it reminded me of how cool they were. So maybe it was just to make every other Slayer album look better in comparison. Better. <laughs> Genius. These guys know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. That works. And uh, I guess with that said, uh, tune in next week and we'll try and figure out who this is. And Barbara Ann too But I'm kind of fond of Wanda Kind of fond of Wanda Yeah, I'm kind of fond of Wanda Cause Wanda always wanted Wanda Wanda Well, I went out with Jenny Took out Skinny Man